0: morning, Church. I hope you're all well and comfortable in your homes as I come to preach, as I come to preach to you from my home on this Resurrection Sunday. I hope we will all be encouraged and I hope we will be strengthened to continue to embrace the truths and, and, and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ the author and perfecter of our faith. That is my theme through this whole entire lockdown, is to encourage us to keep our eyes fixed on, on Jesus. Children, I hope you're comfortable. This is a great opportunity. You can eat some chocolates while I preach. It's an opportunity to have a cup of coffee, tea, and, and, and relax and, and, and focus on God's word. Please turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from Philippians chapter 3, and I invite you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3, starting at verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because... and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death that by means possible i may attain the resurrection from the dead let's pray father we thank you for this beautiful sunday morning thank you that we can gather around your word thank you that the church is able to gather in their homes And we can come and listen to your message. Listen to what your word has to say to our hearts. Yes, Father, our hearts probably feel a little bit downcast, a little bit despondent, a little bit discouraged, maybe anxious, maybe concerned about our futures. But I pray that we would now fix our eyes on Jesus and and fix our eyes on the heavenly things and take them off the earthly things for this time. Give us wisdom, Father, to fix our eyes on, on the resurrection. Give us wisdom to... To trust you with the, with the scriptures. But help me now, Father, to be clear and understood. I pray that I would um, exhort, encourage and build up the sheep. Build up Robertson Reformed Community Church in Christ. That we would all grow up into the body of Christ and mature in Christ. So, Father, please help me. Jesus, help me. In, in you is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Holy Spirit, help me. Help my tongue to be clear and understood. Help us back home to listen. We all have ears. Let us listen. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, straight out front, Christianity is the resurrection. Without the resurrection, there would be no Christianity. And Mark Ray is that we would embrace the resurrection today? That we would would embrace the resurrection because without the resurrection, you know, if there, if there's no resurrection, there is no preaching. It's done in vain. The teaching is done in vain. Our faith is in vain. Our walk with God is in vain. So Christianity is built on the resurrection. But as Christians, we, 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 we've come here this morning and we've come before this sermon to, 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 to listen to what, your, what God's word has to say. We believe that Jesus rose from the grave on the third day, according to the scriptures. This is why we got up this morning to, to, to listen this, on this Sunday morning, resurrection morning, to, to listen to the sermon. Because we know Christ Jesus. We know that he's alive. But the question is, do we believe? Do we know Him to the point that we are trusting Him, no matter what our circumstances are? Are we trusting Him every day? Are we getting to know Him? Are we, are we growing in Him every day? Or are we depending on something else? Some, some other things, our own resources, maybe our own strengths. Maybe it's knowing Christ plus other things that we are depending on. My prayer is that we will get to know Christ in this lockdown. That we will get to embrace His truths. But I also think we're living in a time when there is lots of knowledge about God. We, we can just go to the internet. We can go to websites. We can go to blogs. We can walk into a Christian bookshop. And there are, there are lots of books Thousands of books that are written on the knowledge about God, on the knowledge of God about himself. Has this not become a stumbling block for us knowing God? Why do I say this? Well, I think as Christians, we might read Christian books thinking we're getting to know God. But aren't we really getting more to to know about him? Aren't we getting to know about God? I remember, sure, I can't remember how far back, but there was a time when I had an opportunity to meet Nelson Mandela, introduce myself to him. We had a sports shop in the garden center. He came to the center to the chemist to get some ointment for his eyes. And I had 30 seconds with him just to shake his hand, thank him for being a great president for us, looking after our country. And that was it. So I got to meet him. I've also got to read some books about him. But does that mean now I, I know him? No. It just means I know more about him. And I think that's what we, we're doing with Christian books. We, we're getting to know more about God, but we're not getting to know God and, and, and knowing Christ Jesus. Calvin said that, that reading Christian books inform us, but reading the Bible transforms us. And I think that's what we should be doing more, is spending time in our Bibles so that we can be transformed more and more into Christ-likeness. Get to know Him. We have the Bible. We have this authoritative Word of God. And it's, and it's there to, to help us to know about Jesus so that we can, we can know about Him, but also know Him. So we can grow up in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that we can be transformed and walk in His ways as He did. If I look around me as well, there's, there's lots of books and, and people saying, yes, yes, 12 steps or yes, 7 secrets to know God. But no, God has given us a person. And that person is, yes, Jesus Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me, but He's also given us the person, the Holy Spirit, who indwells us, who wants to illuminate the Scriptures, to teach us these truths, to know Christ Jesus. He wants to testify about Christ in our hearts and to the world as we share this glorious message. So I pray that, that we will go to the sacred Scriptures and allow the Holy Spirit to illuminate these scriptures and, and open our minds and teach us truths so that our hearts will know this Jesus to walk in the same way as he walked. And what makes this possible? What makes this possible? Well, it's the resurrection. It's the power of the resurrection that makes us all possible. Jesus is alive. Our God is alive, which makes it possible to really, really know Jesus Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Therefore, our Christian life should be lived in knowing Christ Jesus. So let's turn now to Philippians chapter 3. Let's turn now to verses 7 to 11. Let's glean two things that the Apostle Paul gives us. We're going to glean two things that the Apostle Paul gives us. That we must do to help us in knowing Christ Jesus. The first thing. To glean from Paul that we must do. That is to help us in knowing Christ Jesus. Is a negative thing. We must stop trusting in ourselves. We must put off things that we are trusting in. We must stop trusting in ourselves. And this is what we pick up in verses 7 to 9. A few times Paul mentions the word loss. But he counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He counted whatever was gained to him in the past. Whatever was gained to him as a as a Pharisee, as a Jew. He counted his, it as loss. Look with me as I back up at verse 3 of Philippians chapter 3. Verse 3, Philippians chapter 3. For we are the circumcision who... Worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself, says Paul, I have reason for confidence in the flesh, also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, says Paul. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law a pharisee as to zeal a persecutor of the church as to righteousness under the law blameless see see paul was trusting in these things before god saved him thinking he knew god yes he was he was ignorant of the truth he was blinded by the god of this age so so he thought, being a Jew, being a Pharisee, he was getting to know God through what he was doing externally. But when God saved him, when God, when God took control of his mind and enlightened his mind and his heart and saved him, Paul counted them as all loss. All these things that I mentioned, he counted them as loss for the sake of Christ. For the sake of knowing Christ. These are the things that he trusted before and doing, thinking he knew God. But when God saved him, all his religious credits went out the window and he put no more confidence in the flesh, but his confidence was in the grace of God alone, in Christ Jesus alone. I think of my own relationship before God saved me. I thought I knew God. I thought I was a Christian because I believed there was a God. I'd had confirmation classes when I was 13, 14. I'd been christened as a baby. I was an Anglican, growing up in an Anglican church. I remember just going to Christmas services a lot, especially on Christmas Day and and Good Friday and Easter. And even as 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 an adult going to these, I thought this made me right with God. I thought doing good. Trusting in myself made me right with God. But when God saved me, I realized that this was all counted as rubbish. And a visible indication that Paul was truly saved because whatever was gained to him, he counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He counts everything as loss. Because of the surpassing worth, the surpassing value of knowing God, He counts them all rubbish. And we need to look at our own lives. We need to look and see what are we trusting as? What are we trusting in, thinking that these things bring us salvation? Do you think going to church? Do you think reading your Bible? Do you think giving to the church or giving to charity? Are you trusting in these things to be saved, to know God? We need to realize that those things are works and it's not by works. It's by faith alone that we get to know God. And and, and Jesus' righteousness is imputed to us, and we are declared right before God. But Paul Paul could only know this when God saved him. God saved him on the road to Damascus, where his eyes were literally opened to the truth, to the gospel of truth. There, if you turn with me to to Romans chapter 1, there on the road to Damascus, God had an encounter with the power of the gospel. With Christ Jesus. The gospel of Christ. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. He writes in in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Uh, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in the gospel, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As is written, the righteous shall live by faith. It was there. On the road to Damascus, that Paul encountered the truth. There he had a radical encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. There, there he was convicted to declare all his religious credits to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit got into Paul's heart, his heart of stone, and turned it into a heart of flesh. He changed it. This is a miracle. Salvation is a miracle. And this is the miracle we should always be looking to in the lives of people. That God would get a hold of their hearts. That God would save them. That the Holy Spirit would convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. That's His work. And then people can get to know the promises and the blessings and grow in knowing Christ Jesus, those who are saved through the work of the Holy Spirit. See, Paul knew that the righteousness he trusted in was false. was no gain to him. It was a righteousness derived from himself. He now counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Paul saw that true righteousness which comes from God by Christ Jesus alone on the basis of faith. Faith in Jesus is a gift from God. Again, turn with me back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. No one may boast. It's faith. And it's not in yourselves. This faith is a gift of God. And do we know this righteousness that comes through this faith? That comes from God on the basis of faith in Christ Jesus? Have you experienced it? And are you trusting in it? Are you trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as you walk with Him in this difficult, painful time that we're going through with the coronavirus? Or are we still trusting in ourselves? Are we trusting in other things for salvation? The gospel is is not something we do. We cannot do anything to be saved. It was all done by Christ Jesus. He did it for us on the cross. He died on the cross to forgive our sins. The gospel what has, been, has been done for us in Christ Jesus. His resurrection has opened up a door to bring us to God. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is God's gift and proof that his death was completely successful in blotting out the sins of his people and removing the wrath of God. Jesus earned our salvation. We cannot do anything To earn or merit that salvation. Jesus did it all. Nothing we can bring to the cross. Except our repentant hearts. Repent and put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent and believe and keep believing and growing in him. So this first thing. This first negative thing that we glean from Paul to help us to know Christ Jesus, to stop trusting in ourselves for salvation or in ourselves to get through this time of difficulty? Will we count all these things as loss for the sake of knowing Christ Jesus? Will we take up our Bibles? Will we read them to really know the Lord Jesus Christ, to walk in His ways in this fallen world? The second thing to glean, the second thing to glean from Paul that we must do to help us in knowing Christ Jesus is a positive thing. And it's quite simple. We must know Christ Jesus. This is what Paul is telling us in verses 10 to 11. He's telling us to know Christ Jesus, to know him, to know his sufferings, the, the power of his resurrection and share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. It's all about a positive. We must know Christ Jesus. This is what it it means to be a Christian. It's all about really knowing Christ Jesus. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd and I know my own and my own know me. And Jesus said, this is eternal life that they may know God and the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. The Christian life is all about knowing Christ Jesus. Growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we can, we can walk in His ways. We can reflect His glory. His love. And this is a great time for pastors and churches and Christians to reflect God's love into the life of people. There's a need out there. And the biggest need and the greatest need is love. But it's the love that comes from God alone. Because we love Because he first loved us. And he demonstrated this love to us. That while we were sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. And he's poured out that love into our hearts. To the work of the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And it's important that we are reminded that we have a walk in this world with God. To know Christ Jesus. And it's good to be reminded of this. That our salvation is really all about knowing Christ Jesus. God our Father in His amazing grace, His rich mercy and His rich love has given us His only begotten Son to know and to keep on knowing. We don't just get to know Him at our salvation and that's it. We keep on knowing Him. We keep on reading the scriptures. We keep on wanting to to Walk in a manner worthy of our calling. To bear fruit all for the glory of God. We need to know Christ Jesus. We need to know Him because in, in Matthew we are told this. In Matthew chapter 5. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works, see your fruit, see God's glory and then give glory to your Father who is in Heaven. Will we, will we take the time in getting to know Christ Jesus? Jesus knew his father and he made him known to us. We are supposed to know Jesus and make him known to the lost. A great example of a man that that kept on wanting to know God, kept on wanting to grow in the grace and knowledge of God, What's David? Listen to these words of his, one of his psalms he wrote. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. And I'm going to be reading from verses 3 to 5. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He will act. In verse 6, He will bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. day. See, David's greatest desire was to delight in, in the Scriptures. They were, they, were, they were his treasure. He... he, he, he thirsted and and, and hungered after it so he could be satisfied in God but he he delighted in, in wanting to know God in wanting to know the Lord Yahweh so that his heart could share in the same things and the same desires of his God so he could be closely knitted with his God and do good and do God's will and that's the same for us. We should have a great desire to hunger and thirst after righteousness. So we can be satisfied in God, not in the things of the world. We, we, should be, we should be renewing our minds daily. So we don't conform to this will, but we renew our minds in the scriptures so that we can do His will. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So we too can be knitted and have the, the same desires of Jesus. But will we allow Christ Jesus to have that from us? Will we go to him? Will, will his word become a lamp to our feet and a light to our path? We can, because we have the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can help us. And he can keep us knowing Jesus so we can walk in his ways. Because our, our salvation experience is no ordinary experience. It's a, it's a powerful personal experience, because to know Christ is also to know the power of His resurrection. Now these words, "power of Jesus' resurrection" means we get to know the power of the Holy Spirit. Like someone said, it was the Holy Spirit who was the divine agent of Christ's resurrection. So, so Jesus' resurrection was the greatest display of the power of the, of the powerful work. Of the Holy Spirit. And because of his word. And because of this word. We are united with Christ Jesus. By his resurrection. We are raised with Christ Jesus. By his resurrection. And that means. We can also enjoy the same. Powerful Holy Spirit. That raised Christ. And as we now live the Christian life, we should be experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Not in a mystical way, not in a way that we can now go and bash over cars and, 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 and do funny things. The power of the Holy Spirit is displayed in our lives when, when we struggled with patience. And we always go into a shop and we couldn't stand in queues and we couldn't wait to be served. And then God saves you. And then, and then you realize that, the, that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And you go to God's Word because you want to know Christ so that He can, he can, he can cultivate patience and, 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 and help you become more patient. So that the next time you're going to the shop after many years, you're not this impatient person. That is the power of the Holy Spirit. That is the power of the resurrection. That is how we display the glory of God. Because we must allow the Holy Spirit to sanctify our hearts and clean our hearts. To defeat temptations. To give us wisdom in trials. And to help us lead a holy life. To help us boldly proclaim the gospel of Christ. To help us to bear fruit for the glory of God. And we kind of ignore the Holy Spirit. We, we divorce Him from the scriptures. You cannot. The Holy Spirit and the scriptures and God's word are together. They're not disconnected. Holy Spirit lives in me. And He wants to help me grow up in Christ Jesus. Mature in Christ Jesus. Sanctify me. To be transformed more and more into Christ-likeness every day. And that's where we need God's grace. Because how often we fall short of this. But getting to know the power of Christ's resurrection then will help me to also have fellowship in His sufferings. According to verse 10. Of Philippians chapter 3. Which means we will be willing to suffer for the gospel of Christ. We will, we will deny ourselves. Take up our cross daily. And follow our Lord Jesus Christ. Even as far as to suffer for him. And we, we can suffer for him. Because we have a merciful high priest. We have a faithful friend. Our sy- sympathetic companion. Jesus who has faced all the trials and temptations. That we face. And he will help us. He will help us in our weaknesses and our infirmities. He will help us through this difficult time. But we, we as Christians and churches, we're trying to build a little heaven here on earth. And that bubble is now going to be broken through this coronavirus. Because now we're going to see who are we really trusting in. Are we trusting in God alone? Christ alone? For His glory alone? Because this is a great time now to get to know Christ Jesus and embrace His truths. Because Paul only learned in knowing Christ Jesus when he was weak. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 12.10. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says this. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions and calamities. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. When we are weak, then we are strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then, through our weakness, we can display God's glory and grace to the world. We cannot do it when we are strong in ourselves. We don't make any room for God. The reason why the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, because He takes us off the throne. He pushes us Aside from self-glorification, self-gratification, self-centeredness. And now he wants us to become selfless and come and love people. So will we learn to be content with our weaknesses as we go through this painful time with COVID-19? Will we suffer with Christ? Because to suffer with, a cry, with Christ is a necessary requirement to be conformed to his death. This is why in verse 11 of Philippians chapter 3, Paul tells us in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. If you want to attain the resurrection from the dead, then we should be suffering. To get that new resurrected body. There should be suffering in our lives. I'm not saying we must go look for suffering. No, suffering should just come through us living godly lives. Those who live godly lives, Paul writes to Timothy, those who live godly lives will be persecuted. And the reason why there isn't much persecution in our own communities because we live in comfort and we don't fight the good fight for the glory of God and for the sake of Christ. So will we take the second thing, that this positive thing that we have gleaned from Paul to help us in knowing Christ Jesus and it is we must know Christ Jesus Will we again take up our Bibles and read them to really know Christ Jesus? So we can walk with him in this fallen, perverse world. These two things that we've gleaned from Paul's letter to the church of Philippi, from chapter 3, verses 7 to 10, these two things that we gleaned from Paul, that we must do, will we do them? The one was negative, we must stop trusting in, in ourselves. The second one was positive, we must know Christ Jesus. Will we do this to help us in knowing Christ Jesus? Will we look to Christ? Will we look to His, his life, His sinless life? How He suffered, how He was humiliated, how He was, how he was broken, how He died on the cross there, the crucifixion, how, he, how His blood was shed on the cross for the forgiveness of sins. Then He spent three nights in the grave, three days. On the third day, according to the Scriptures, He rose again, Will we look to the resurrection, which is today, the resurrection Sunday? Will we reflect on that? Then we will look at the ascension, where he's now seated as our faithful mediator. Will we look at these things? Will we look to the power of his resurrection? Because he has a great promise that we can hold on from the scriptures. Turn with me to John chapter 6. John chapter 6. As I close with a few verses from 38. A great promise that we can hold on to, knowing that if we are faithfully walking with Christ Jesus, knowing Christ Jesus, getting to know his sufferings and the power of his resurrection and suffering for him so that we can attain the resurrection, here is one of the great promises in the whole of Scripture. Verse 38 of John chapter 6. For I've come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. That's the—that's Jesus doing the will of his father. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that has been given to me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my father, that everyone who looks on the son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. There is our goal. There is the goal to run this race in knowing Christ Jesus so that on the last day we can be raised up with Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this morning on Resurrection Sunday that I can come to you that we can learn from your word again that we can be reminded of of Paul's life and, and how he he counted as everything as loss. That he took his eyes off himself. His trust in himself for salvation. When he was saved. And how he looked to Christ Jesus. In getting to know him. As he suffered for him. As he walked with him. And as he ministered. And shepherded your people. Father please help us as a church. Forgive us Father. Forgive us because we seem to still trust in ourselves, not only knowing you, but in in, in getting through life in general. But help us to stop trusting in ourselves, Father. Help us to, to now get to know Christ Jesus. Help us to hold fast this promise that we will have eternal life and we will be raised up on the last day because of Christ Jesus' promises. We can believe in these promises and hold fast the confession of our faith in Christ Jesus. So, Father, please help us to turn our eyes off ourselves and fix them on Jesus. Open our eyes that we behold wonderful things from your word. Help us, Father. Help us to turn our eyes off the worldly things and fix them on the heavenly things, where Christ is now seated at the right hand of his Father, where he intercedes for us, where he gives us hope and encouragement and comfort, but especially hope to endure what is going on in this world. Help us, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, as I close with a a benediction. Hebrews chapter 13, starting at verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead, our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. And God's children say, Amen.